Hello and welcome to the Saltwater and Honey podcast. Yay, it's happening, <laughs> it's so exciting. So Lizzie and I are not completed finishers, but we are attempting to do something we've wanted to do for a really long yeah. time. Um, so here we are yeah. in my dining room uh, and we decided we would start a Saltwater and Honey podcast, um, which we don't know how this will go. <laughs> No, in our heads, it sounds like an amazing idea, but it could be we're just talking to ourselves in your dining room. That's normal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we just basically, we talk all the time, so why not record it? (laughs) Obviously, yeah, Dave and Ellis will listen to this all the time. They love our voices. Yeah, so if you are new to Saltwater and Honey, we're going to actually spend this first episode it's called an episode yeah. I guess um installment <laughs> who knows uh we're going to share a little bit about how we've got to this um point mm. but more importantly uh we would love um to hear from you yeah. if you do listen so uh contact us on hello at saltwaterandhoney.org if you have ideas or things that you'd like um, to have covered or funny stories you'd like to share with a wider audience <laughs> we're always up for some funny stories yeah um but yeah we are going to see how this goes we've got some ideas haven't we yeah yeah um and initially lizzie's down in london for a little while so we're making the most of that um and we're going to record something <laughs> you might hear some power washing <laughs> in the background <laughs> And some knocking. So yeah. basically, we are not in a quiet place. No. Um, um, yeah. Your mother-in-law is currently power washing the patio ready for her family to that's, arrive. That's, that's what she has to do. Yeah. We make her do that. <laughs> We're just watching her work away. No, my mother-in-law is the size of a bird. So we keep on imagining her flying around on this power washer, like smacking up against the window. So if you hear squeals in the background, that'll be her. She's just done the garden table, like the outside table. This, we'll give you installments. At the end of the episode, yeah. we'll let you know how, how drenched she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if we, how many bo- broken bones there are. I think she's going to power wash your whole house. She's, yeah. She's ambitious. I hope she does the windows. <laughs> the car would be good, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love a good power wash. Actually, do you remember we did power washing? We did. Well, I say we. <laughs> Lizzie and I once took part in a retreat where you had to go and you worked in it the was morning. Labour. Like Labour. Like, yeah. Which we loved. Mm. Um, but. Lizzie, Lizzie got to do power washing and I got to do like sanding and awful. I had, part, I had sciatica so yeah. I did barely anything and you were on the floor and like, I had to sanding. do all the lifting for Lizzie yeah. as well as myself and, also, and then we were in this room that was like so small that um, I just made tea cups of tea from my bed and then the bathroom was right by the end of the bed so whenever one of us went to the toilet the other one sang blessed be <laughs> Blessed be your name. <laughs> and sometimes that twice over if it was yeah, a number two. She had some issues. <laughs> the, um, the cook breakfast like, repeated yeah. itself. That was a real test of like mm. how servant-hearted we were because at the end of the retreat, we had to help tidy up all the rooms and oh. we got to go into every other room and every other room was amazing. so amazing. We had like four poster beds. Yeah, couches in the room. Yeah, and then we were in a cupboard basically <laughs> with two tiny single beds and everything that happened. That was actually a, I know this is such a tangent, but that was actually such a hilarious week because so many things happened where I just 
Yeah, we, we got told off for being loud. Oh, man. I discovered what, what was it with the what dog? dogs on heat. <laughs> what what dogs on heat dogs means. Heat. I'm a cat person, so it was all quite shocking. But also, what's interesting, we also talked about infertility because oh, um, yes, we, we, just, we had started sort of autumn honey, I think. Yes, we had. And um, we were kind of bolstered by um, our newfound confidence. It was really Brene, probably. Yeah, well, let's not, okay, let's go to the so beginning I think then. that's a good, yeah, that's a good in. in. That was so smooth. So that's unbelievable. Oh, my <laughs> You're such a professional. I know. Oh, yeah, I try. Um, so, so the 2012. Yeah. 2012, when we fell in love. It was a magical time. It was, oh, the Olympics. So that actually is quite important because mm. the Olympics were taking place and Lizzie and Dave and me and Ellis were all in a pretty crappy Yes. place weren't we all watching every minute of the olympics mm-hmm. not knowing each other although we had met dave you because met dave, dave had been the person to show us round ridley when oh, we went yeah. for our open day so weirdly we met dave and we came away uh from that day thinking oh we could be friends with him mm-hmm. and that made us think it was the right place i know that sounds so silly dave sold it well obviously dave was so we were... extroverted that day because that wasn't long before we tried to leave <laughs> Because I hated it so much. So, so our friends yeah. tried to leave before we got there. <laughs> but we weren't allowed because the Church of England isn't that flexible. Yeah. Um, so, so, anyway, anyway, that's another matter. So we we all <clears throat> met in that September at yeah. uh, Ridley Hall in Cambridge, mm-hmm. um, which is a theological college. Kind of like Hogwarts with a lot of like young white middle class men. <laughs> Fertile yeah. wives. Very fertile wives. Yeah. Mm. Who are lovely. Mm. Um, and a lot of beautiful wisteria. Oh. And they play croquet in the summer. It, it's all the cliches. I mean, it's so relevant to today's culture <laughs> that they're trying to connect with. It's like sherry before tea and then croquet. You know, I love easy. sherry. <laughs> yeah, I'd never really drunk it. I just no. thought grandma's drunk it. Yeah. But obviously, that's what you do when you're at theological training college. But yeah. yeah, it was, I mean, very relevant training. <laughs> It was a bit of escapism from the reality yeah. of life, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, and oddly enough, again, if you believe in a higher power, you could say this is a God incident that uh, Lizzie was assigned as my buddy. Yeah. So someone had the foresight to put us together, not knowing anything about me. I think what really helped was in on the form you put, it said under children, you put two cats. <laughs> Like, oh, thank goodness for that because I couldn't handle another woman with loads of children. Like, so I was like really relieved that you you that's, put your cats down as like your children. But they were, they are. Yeah, like, really. sadly, I am. I've I've lost both those cats mm. since, but um, they were my babies. They yeah. were, and I and I felt like it mattered. Yeah. I think that's probably the thing. But I was just so glad you put it down because I, I was like okay, I think this will be all right, because otherwise I probably might not have ever contacted you. You put, like, five children, like Zebedee and, like, I don't know, Micah, or, like, you know, Joshua, because there's always a Joshua. Like, we're just biblically named children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of them. Yeah. And, and oh, That's really interesting. Okay, so that that is quite funny, because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really remember doing that. Um, so, yeah, so we got assigned to each other, and Lizzie contacted uh, me over email, and kind of alluded to having a hard summer. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember thinking, gosh, yeah, we've had a hard summer too. Um, I'm wondering what their hard summer was yeah. about. We were but totally downplayed it. I mean, we called, Dave and I called it the summer of hell. Um, <laughs> so I was just saying, oh, it was a bit tough. You know, it wasn't yeah. really 
just scratching the surface really, yeah what it's amazing how you do that though anyways because mm. i think generally we play down hard stuff Definitely. because we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable yeah um which we've got over i yeah. would say yeah i think i'd be much more prepared to go oh yeah we've just had the worst summer of our lives but really we're still shit. here yeah you know <laughs> yeah. um and so when we met we didn't straight away talk on that level did we we no. didn't know what was going on and we, we had, had a dinner. meal yeah we skirted around it we, we had de- dinner together didn't we yeah oh you made oh lizzie and dave made a lovely tagine oh I remember love, that tagine. tagine yeah <laughs> but we we then had a coffee date and i remember exactly where we were mm-hmm. we we're at this little deli in the upper floor at the um shopping the nice center. posh shopping center yeah. in cambridge and we came out to each other didn't we, we did that's when we came out um, I think you came out first. Did I? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, I, I imagine we probably did it about the same time. <laughs> I think we I were think, gagging for it. Well, because you kind of like sounding each other out, and then it it it's getting close, closer and closer, and you're like, maybe yeah, they have some experience. And I've not really met many people that had that experience at that point. Yeah. Like, um, it was such a relief. Yeah. I just remember, I don't remember exactly what happened. I know that we shared a bit of our stories, but it was just such a relief to tell yeah. you yeah. and to know that you you understood. Like, it, and it just, I remember just bouncing my way home, really. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, like someone else gets it. Yeah. Now, was this after the first... We'd had a spouses meeting. Exactly. They have spouses meetings. Spice. At the, they call us Spice. Spice, because we're so spicy. <laughs> Which I wouldn't say is necessarily the best adjective. <laughs> Hi, I'm chili pepper. <laughs> Imagine if you were turmeric, because they, they stain. <laughs> I had a curry the other day, and my tongue was yellow for ages. Um, yeah, I always drop it down on my chest as well uh, when we do, and then I'm running, and I've got a wet patch on the jumper the rest of the night. Um, anyway, <laughs> no more about wet patches till later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at our spouses group, mm. um, an amazing woman who, mm. if you read our blog and you've read about the tent, uh, you will have read about this woman. So yeah. a woman called Rach stood up and just um, shared that she wanted to start a group for women going through childlessness for whatever reason. And, um, I mean, for me, that was the first thing I'd gone to at college other than the welcome. Mm. And it was like a massive arrow pointing at me like, oh, my goodness, this is for me. But it felt like such a confirmation that we were in the right place. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, if they're doing that, they must care. Yeah. And it was just. It was because so, I remember talking to Rachel, and I was like, I think you need to say something in the first meeting because if anyone's there, they're going to be hating this right now, or just mm. thinking, where do I fit? And so I think that was so significant from the start. Mm. And I think that with any community, probably is just like naming those that feel outside it is, can oh. be so powerful. Yeah. You, if you're in the minority, you just look around, and think you don't belong. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, for Christians in particular, mm. church is such a massive part of that because really? you look at where it's where, where it's orientated, and it's usually around families, yeah. um, or young people, um, or older people. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of don't you don't know where you fit in. Yeah. So it was such like an amazing gift, really, that she did that. Mm. Um, 
And I think that might have been how it came up when we went for coffee. I think we might have mentioned... Because we'd had a Are you thinking of going to... I couldn't go to the first one. Yeah. Because I went to see Jesus Christ Superstar. (laughs) I remember being, like, sneaking out. Like, will people disapprove of me (laughs) seeing that? (laughs) That was brilliant. Um, Yeah, because I remember... I did think... I don't know, there was something. And I was like, do I say I'm going to go to Sheila in case it's something she'd be interested... I don't know, but I wussed out. Um, And then it was after that that we came out to each other mm. um, and what was interesting the first tent the very first one was was quite awkward because no one knew what to do yeah um, there was always food it started with food which was amazing and nice coffee and stuff like that but it 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 wasn't natural straight away oh no no so obviously I missed that first yeah. one but the one out of the the next one was quite soon after I think yeah it was um, yeah. And I just remember, like, the awkwardness of, like, okay, Sheila, do you want to tell us your story? And I don't think I'd ever told our whole journey story to someone mm. who I didn't I didn't know well. Like, yeah, yeah. we hadn't... I told snippets maybe at work with mm. some people, some of our friends knew, yeah. but I hadn't really told my emotional state as well, like, and how I felt about it. And yeah. I just remember crying... Were we in a Loads. restaurant then? No, so we went to a restaurant for a social, but then we were up in that... What was that room up in oh, the... That, what was oh, that called? I it was remember. like um, It was where they did, like, pastoral... The Simeon... The Simeon Centre. It's like really old big, sofas where you think you're never going to get out of it. We were never so going to get out of those sofas, no. yeah. And I just remember just crying loads. Um, yeah. And, but also <clears throat> not, not feeling awkward about that. Mm. like that that was okay like no one made me feel uncomfortable and there were so many like you looked around the room and people had tears in their eyes who were listening to you Mm. and they had tears in their eyes for different reasons yeah so like the other people in the group who were experiencing it it was empathy from experience yeah they know what it and then the people running the group it was empathy from caring yeah it's really powerful i'd never experienced someone crying for me like mm. on my behalf mm. and it's not patronizing at all it's one of the most deeply powerful like moving experiences to, to know that someone feels that empathy and what's it, I mean also I was just it just made me think about you know when like Jesus wept with people mm. like the, the depth of connection well you know it's pain. funny I always felt guilty for crying when other people were sad um mm. as if it was something wrong and it's mm. only now as an adult and I remember Jane the chaplain at um college at Ridley saying it's it's a gift like yeah. those tears are a gift and never viewing it I'd always thought oh no it's I'm too emotional I'm overly emotional you know the words you get told as a young girl that you, you know you're yeah, too much of that yeah. and actually it was your heart is moved for that yeah. other person it is a spiritual gift i think because not everyone can do that yeah it's really moving it's very humbling um but it's probably the deepest kind of way of connecting yeah. with people it's quite a bond isn't it mm. i think like when you yeah. see someone else touched by your pain yeah um i mean obviously i've had bad experiences where someone was talking about their father had passed away and, and i was crying so much he had to comfort me and i absolutely regret that like that was at university and that was really 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 difficult because i realized that's not okay no um, but having learned from that yeah um 
that there is something in collective sorrow and collective tears. Yeah, um, it's really powerful. So we, we entered into this tent, which just became a cycle, didn't it, of we'd meet to eat mm-hmm. and tell our stories and be prayed for, pray for each other. Yeah. Um, and never given advice, never told what we needed to do. Yeah, there was no judgment. Because, like, so often you, you say what's how everyone's got an answer, a reason like something you need to try and they never said all those christian cliches they never uttered like god won't give you more than you can handle everything happens for a reason blah 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 like they never said any of those things they just sat in it yeah yeah and i'd I'd never experienced people deal with pain in that way no i mean i didn't know how to do it i I think back to the things that i probably said to people before i went through this and yeah how when you get through this you'll be stronger yeah like i probably was cliches that sometimes have truth in them but are not appropriate to actually say (laughs) that's what's weird isn't it i think that's people people have good intentions there's always good intentions and and i think by having this safe space of the tent we were able to engage with people who maybe weren't as empathetic or able to cope with our pain yeah um and so throughout that year that year from 2012 to 2013 was just a year of healing and growth yeah for me I think it was learning how to talk I didn't have a vocabulary to talk about what was going on and I didn't think that my pain was really legitimate Mm. that I needed to get over it that stop making a fuss you know that's really true it's the validity isn't it like you it is actually a genuine grief and pain like infertility is not um something that is just needs pushing to one side it will get dealt with Mm. because there's all sorts of ways you'll deal with it yeah it was like a legitimate story to tell yeah um because i think that was the thing is it was trying to hide it was so much harder than once we started owning it i I just felt yeah Yeah. emboldened really yeah and that it it was i don't think we could articulate what was happening but it was it was changing us um and then we found brene (laughs) well before we found yeah yeah. so quite a bit happened before brene really Mm -hmm. because we launched the blog before Brene. Did we? Yeah, so because it was that summer. So um, I can't remember which miscarriage you'd had because you had mm. one in the January. So it was probably that was my fifth one because I'd had my fourth just before you arrived. That's what caused the kind of breakdown type experience in the summer of hell. <laughs> and then in the January, February, then I'd had my fifth miscarriage. And then you had your the May in this, yeah, in that sort of, the beginning of that summer. So it was. So what used to happen because I wasn't working, I basically lived with Dave and Lizzie quite a lot, and <laughs> Ellis would phone up and have to come and collect me because I couldn't possibly cycle back. You'd cycle. Your bike was like left at our house for so long, <laughs> and they lived like I had to go over the train line and the only hill. Yeah, the only hill. Well, no, my hill and your hill. I lived oh, at the top killer. of the hill, and you. And it wasn't um, exactly a hill, but in Cambridge it, it was felt like a like mountain. It. Yeah. yeah, I was once going up our hill and this old man overtook me and was like, come on. <laughs> it was like awful. Um, but also we'd eat so many Doritos, I couldn't possibly cycle. Oh, no. Um, no. So I would go and spend a lot of time with we you. We sat on the sofa. We sat on the sofa. I made you watch Zac Efron films. Yeah. But what we often did is we kind of, we love to dream. We always dream about different things like, oh, what what if we could do this? Or wouldn't it be wonderful if the church was like this? Or if we, if only there was a blog like this. And we yeah. started really thinking, didn't we, about um, the resources that were out there. Because we Googled stuff and it was just horrendous. Mm. I mean, it's changed a lot 
that was like a while ago there is a lot of awful stuff out there still but there are a few better things oh there's so much more stuff like even in those six years there's so many more good positive Mm. infertility resources blogs podcasts like so many good things yeah but for christians we felt there was very very little um of worth especially in the uk there's a lot of american stuff but that was a little bit scary at times yeah or quite obsessive about the medical stuff yeah and we weren't in that place were we all those like use letters for everything and you didn't know what it all meant you know like like the ttc and then it t w yeah and then there was something about the positive pregnancy i don't know but like we've never learned that language no i don't really want to (laughs) but what we what we knew we wanted was something that was hope centered and came from the middle of the story not the end a lot of the books we read about infertility always had a baby so it was resolved Mm. at the end with a happy ending yeah um and we just wanted to talk about it when it there wasn't a happy ending yeah um which is where saltwater and honey began to take form didn't it we started yeah. making notes or what would it look like and we've we started jotting down ideas and then it was after your sixth miscarriage that you and dave were like let's just do it yeah because we talked about it for so long yeah and it and it was like not long after the miscarriage and dave was like we just need to write a blog post yeah and i was and i was like oh gosh what about like internet trolls and, like, <laughs> get, like attacked and um, no one will read it. Yeah, no one will read it. You know what? What's the like, point? <laughs> it was like the whole point about starting this blog was to write from the mess of the middle, and this, and we're in the mess. Yeah. And so, and then you guys then wrote something shortly after about your story. Yeah. But also, we all went off on placement. So this is just yeah. as the summer was about to begin. So we'd come to the end of the summer term the blog launched and you guys went off to Cornwall yeah and we went to Singapore a little bit different (laughs) (laughs) well you know there was a heat wave in Cornwall but yeah it wasn't exactly I literally swelled to double my size in the humidity (laughs) so I don't think Singapore looked so great on me Um, I did love it though Uh, but we went off didn't we we carried on blogging while we were away yeah we skyped a lot yeah and that is where that's when it we discovered Brene because you read Brene yes Shall we tell you about Brene? Uh, you may have heard her. Right <laughs> have we though. mentioned her before? That's our tattoos we should get. What What, what would Brene, Brene do? do? <laughs> yeah, we want to do like a souvenir, I don't know, like a merch line oh, of yeah. WWBD. We love Brene. Um, but yeah, like I read, when I read it, like I Which underlined... Which it was Daring Greatly. Yeah. Yep. I underlined practically the whole book um, on my Kindle and... Um, and it kind of it it explained what had been happening to us. Like mm. it explained what the tent was doing, mm. um, and it was vulnerability. I didn't realise we were learning to be vulnerable, and also I didn't realise I didn't understand shame. I didn't know what it was, but I realised the part shame had had to play. Yeah. In my life, and then we skyped, and I was like, "You have to read this book." I, I just remember you going, Sheila. You have to get this. Okay. <laughs> it is literally what we've gone through. It is. It is the words that we've been trying to find. Yeah. And it's like, yes, Lizzie, I will do what you have asked. 
as always. And then you got your download, I think, while she was away, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I read it, like, within a day or two, hadn't I? And then I was like, oh, my goodness. This and then that was it. And then it was like, oh, and then we discovered her TED Talks. Yes. Because I think I made my brother watch the TED Talks, <laughs> and he's never converted no, <laughs> to Brene yet. Yeah, some people don't get no. it. But um, I remember watching them mm. and, like, being like, oh, my goodness mm. like this is so helpful yeah and that kind of started a new phase yeah I think of um life so the tent kind of stopped didn't it uh in that second year yeah it kind of it wasn't as um we didn't meet as frequently because some people had left yeah and um, it was so, it was changed a bit. It changed a bit. It wasn't that it stopped completely, but it wasn't meeting as regularly mm. or as intensely. Mm. Um, but also, we seem our focus shifted a little bit yeah. um, to the salt water and honey and seeing what we yeah. could do in our community, didn't we? So, um, out of the Brene stuff, we really wanted to help other people understand what what it was like being childless in the church in particular yeah um and so in that national infertility awareness week <laughs> oh my goodness there are things we did that didn't necessarily work well like no, but that was it, the year before no no that was that year wasn't it, it was oh we did like cupcakes with little sperm toppers it was ridic- not real like, sperm what was ridiculous so you wrote off to the national infertility awareness week people <laughs> which apparently now it's not called national infertility awareness week because it's too negative it's called yeah. national fertility fertility awareness week. week yeah by the time it was infertility because we were going to have a coffee morning um because that with Vicky's wives that's what you do um at Ridley Hall <laughs> about the infertility and they sent a little pack and in the pack were those like little sugar little edible cake toppers you know like with, that you normally you'd get with like pictures on instead of what they had was their logo which was a sperm fertilizing an egg which <laughs> Firstly, if you're infertile, that's not happening. Also, mmm, yummy. Yeah, let's put that on a cake. I can't so wait to, to chew on that. We have to never get that in my mouth. <laughs> Shall I have two <laughs> at once? So we had these cupcakes and we put the cake toppers on. And then it so was like this kind of lacklustre coffee morning with a few really shy clergy, like training, trainee vicars who were all men in their chinos like coming in and us going sperm topper <laughs> <laughs> like one guy was like will this make me infertile <laughs> like, <laughs> like well eat it and see normally there's a lot of people um, for coffee <laughs> yeah no morning. one came in <laughs> it's like five and i think our husbands yeah. were made to come although I don't that know if dave actually came no ellis didn't turn no. up um <laughs> i think they were ashamed of us <laughs> They had to eat all those afterwards. Yeah. But we it was partly because we were advertising an event that we ran at the end of that week, yeah. which was called Hashtag Awkward Conversations About Childlessness and the Church, mm. which actually was really well attended. It was incredible. And night. was incredible. It was such a special night yeah. as part of our community. And our community were brilliant at they wanted they to were learn. Really gracious, weren't they? Yeah, and they wanted to do it differently. So many people didn't want to be the cause of hurt mm. and I think that was so admirable yeah they it wasn't their their experience but they wanted to understand it yeah and it's so encouraging that actually now they are church leaders yeah and that they're open in that way yeah and so many of them still will contact oh, us and go goodness. oh we've got this situation or we'd like to do this what do you think and yeah. we really value that because it just goes to show they really care about their yeah 
their people their congregations and um and that's what we hoped for so that Mm. that kind of it all began growing from there didn't it well also before that we did a thing at spice oh yes but that's even before we launched the blog yeah which is really significant because i mean i think that for me was spice and being around loads of women Mm. was probably one of the greatest sources of shame Mm. because they represented you know what we longed for what yeah what had been lost Mm. and um it was really hard to feel part of that group Mm. and so to then it was after it was after having been in the tent for a bit and we wanted to tell them about our experience because it had been so amazing like and how it had changed us yeah and to actually be, go public with our stories because yeah. not actually that many people knew that's really true i'd forgotten that was really significant it was it was scary yeah it really was but it, again really well attended yeah women across the college so it was oh, we it was female ordinance yeah it was female well, so ordinance are people training to be vicars yeah um which women can do Oh, <laughs> and they were so amazeballs. The female ordinance were amazing. Oh my goodness! Like yeah. female ordinance generally just seem to be They're so fun, like awesome. Yeah, like so funny, so um, gifted. Yeah, not that men aren't, but I just think <laughs> the women but were exceptional. They were. Exceptional. We were lucky, and they were strong because that was when that bishop vote didn't go through and that was that was all crushing wasn't it for them yeah that's true and but but everyone came so the women of our community were all invited and we just had this amazing storytelling night Mm. didn't we where we we told them our infertility story so they knew um and then we told them what the tent had done for us in providing our space and then we encouraged them to think about it for people they mm. knew and people they were going to meet yeah. um, and they could ask us questions and yeah. and I think that's what encouraged us that we had maybe a voice yeah because I don't think we ever we never can see that this we get to this point like no. we were just we'd just been it's like when you become a Christian at first you're like this is amazing oh my goodness I have to tell people and it was kind of like this yeah. whole new revelation yeah. of like how significant it was to be able to find people to share what you're going through but i think it's because it's in contrast to what was before the loneliness of not talking to anyone the shame the feeling less than whereas actually we felt pretty more than sometimes like Like, we were like wow yeah we've got something to offer the world which infertile people don't often feel that way um and it's because you feel like your story doesn't count Mm. and doesn't matter um and so it felt really important because i think we'd learned so much that is universal that like all about telling your story Mm. and hearing other people's stories um and empathy yeah that we wanted to share it yeah it was just you just couldn't contain it it was like we've got to talk about this yeah we had jane and rach there with us and they were encouraging us and they kind of um top and tailed it didn't they like they yeah they were like there because they were our safe people so we knew like they'd they'd protect us or look after it was yeah there was like a safety to yeah. it like because it was our first time we had shared publicly really. yeah um and to people who'd, who'd never experienced that and were and never would necessarily and never would, and, yeah um but that that was important. That definitely was important. Now I'm going to start bringing us yeah. um, to an end because we're doing my doing my little spiel. Um, <laughs> but the key thing for Salt Water and Honey was that it was knowing 
you did have a voice you mm. did have something to share that could help other people have a better experience and I think yeah. that was really important in motivating us that yeah. if if just one other person felt less alone yeah. then it had been successful like you could easily look at blog stats and stuff and yeah. be like oh um only you know a thousand people have read that or whatever um but that's amazing because that's a thousand more people who've been challenged to think about something and so we've never been people who worry about um the popularity of it we're not strategic at all we have no focus on that we're terrible like help us yeah like we're never going to be influencers Yeah, if you have any ideas for us, drop us some lines. I'm to get some money, yeah. but we're yeah. not going <laughs> to. If you're a podcast producer, drop us a line. Yeah. Um, hello at saltwaterandhoney.org. <laughs> because we literally don't have any clue. But what we do know is we don't want people to feel alone Definitely. in this. Um, so we're going to bring it to an end there. That's yeah. the story of Saltwater and Honey. There's lots that happened since, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm. Um, and we look forward to chatting to you and about topics that hopefully are important to you in the future bye